Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Rabbil قد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له أما بعد Dear committed Muslims Allah سبحانه وتعالى And the Prophet, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, have enriched us with the information and the orientation for what is to our advantage in this worldly life and in the eternal life to come. One of the privileges of this divine, revealed and practical information is to think and to work on change. Changing from what is negative to what is positive from what is bad to what is good the ayah that all of us have heard monotonously inna allaha la yughayyiru ma biqawmin hatta yughayyiru ma bi'anfusihim Allah does not change the particulars, the details, the content of a society until they change their psychology. 
Another ayah from Allah's book. Alif Lam Ra Kitabun Anzalnahu Ilaik Litukhrijan Nasa Mina Zulumati Ila Nuri Bi Ithni Rabbihim Ila Siratil Azizil Hamid. This book we have made accessible to you so that you will extract people from obscurity unto the passageway of Allah with His permission. A statement from Allah's Prophet says, مَنْ أَصْبَحَ وَهَمُّهُ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ فَلَيْسَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ أَصْبَحَ لَا يَهْتَمُّ بِأُمُورِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَلَيْسَ مِنْهُمْ Whoever wakes up and is not preoccupied with Allah, he's not thinking of Allah, he's not referring to Allah, he's not relating to Allah, then he has nothing to do with Allah. And whoever wakes up and is not concerned with the affairs of the Muslims is not one of them. The Prophet of Allah says, كَانَتْ بَنُوا إِسْرَائِيلِ تَسُوسُهُمُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ the prophets of the children of Israel were its were the managers of their affairs and there is no prophet after me the words of Allah Inni Rasulullahi ilaykum jami'a Say, O Muhammad People, I am the messenger of Allah to all of you And the ayah Inna sanulqi alayka qawlan thaqila We are going we, in reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are going to impart to you a weightly, a heavy message, a burdensome communication. Inna sanulqi alayka qawlan thaqila. And the Prophet, after realizing the pulse of this information coming to him from Allah in the form of revelation, he said to his wife, لَقَدْ مَضَى عَهْدُ النَّوْمِ The time of rest is now gone, O Khadija. The question is now, do we understand our responsibilities the way the Prophet of Allah understood his responsibilities? That becomes the operational question. We said last week that the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and benedictions be upon him forever and evermore. We said that the Arabians in the Arabian Peninsula were the ones who resisted and opposed and conflicted with and clashed with and went to war against the Prophet of Allah and those who were with him. Al-Muhajirina wal-Ansar wal-Ladheena attaba'uhum bi-ihsan. 
This is a historical fact. It transcends any type of Islamic designation a particular Muslim may have. A Sunni, a Shiite, a Maturidi, a Zaidi, a Mu'tazili, a Sufi. It doesn't matter whichever background this Muslim is coming from. The fact is consensually recognized that these Arabians were tormentors of Allah's Prophet, the majority of them. It's not everyone, because some of them were with Allah's Prophet. And we have to be fair to the facts, and we have to state history as it is. So who are the ones who went to battle against Allah's Prophet? The majority of the time. In most of those 23 years of da'wah, who were they besides these primitive Arabians? Who were the ones who expelled him? First of all, they forced him to tell some of his adherents to leave Mecca and Hijaz and go to Africa. They forced the Prophet to seek help outside of his birthplace, outside of his hometown, to go to a Ta'if. And when he was there, they turned him down and they pelted him with stones. Until in some of these narratives, he began to bleed. His feet began to bleed. Who were the ones after the Prophet passed on to Allah's eternal peace and grace? Who were the ones who were involved in killing the Prophet's descendants. And this is a part of history that some Muslims are going to have to understand so that we can get our act together. Who are the ones who changed in the subtle way that they did, coupled with the military force that they had when they became kings and monarchs? Were these not the Arabian kings and monarchs who virtually sabotaged this message of Allah's Prophet and became a replica in one sense or the other of Bani Israel? It is in Muslim practice, in Muslim tradition, when someone passes away at the cemetery or at the funeral site, Surat Yasin is recited. As if there is a message in reciting Surah Yaseen, when we think about the first 10 ayat in Surah Yaseen. Yaseen wal Quran al Hakim, inna kalamina al Mursaleen, ala sirat mustaqim, tanzil al Aziz al Rahim, litunzira kauman ma unzira abauhum fahum ghafilun. Listen to the ayah here. Allah's judgment has come due pertaining to most of them, these Arabians. They are not to commit to Allah. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, says... مَا أُوذِيَ نَبِيٌّ مِثْلَ مَا There has not been a prophet that has been harmed the way I have been harmed. This is our prophet. And this is what he is saying concerning the society that he was in. They hurt him. 
They humiliated him. They harmed him. For those, you know, of course, you know, the preachers of uh, the powers that be, they don't want to concentrate on this because it will cause you and me to begin to think. And they don't want us to think. You come to the masjid absent-minded and you leave the masjid absent-minded. No no thought stimulus in the masjid. مَا أُوذِيَ نَبِيٌّ مِثْلَ مَا Now this history that needs some reconsideration and rethinking, this Arabian history has nothing to do with Islam. The Arabian history is an adjunct to Arabian rulers that stole the title of Khulafa. The kings of Bani Umayyah and Bani Abbas and the rest, with a few exceptions, and that's saying it generously, they stole the title of Khalifa and placed it on themselves. And because none of us are thinking, whichever background you come from, I don't care. You still call them a Khalifa. If you're a Sunni, you call Muawiyah a Khalifa and Yazid a Khalifa and the rest of them Khulafa and the ones after them Khulafa. And if you're a Shia, you do the same thing and both of you are wrong. They are not Khulafa. So this history that accompanies these types of rulers, they want us to believe that they love the Prophet and his family and his descendants. They love him. When at the same time they initiated policies, this was official policy during the first few decades of Umawi rule 40 to 50 years or so it was official policy to condemn and to curse the Prophet's family from the minbar from the masajid on Fridays until one of the rulers who comes from Bani Umayyah and may be called a Khalifa, not a king, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz tried to bring justice to the whole affair. And he replaced the condemnation at the end of every khutbah that was official policy up until then by the ayah that is still repeated by many of the khutbah on Fridays up until this very day. Instead of saying, Oh Allah, curse Ali ibn Abi Talib and Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn, etc. Instead of saying that, that doesn't belong in the khutbah. Say, Inna Allah ya'muru bil-adli wal-ihsan وَإِيْتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغِي يَعِظُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ So these rulers from that time up until this very day they want to give the impression that they can love the Prophet's household the Prophet and his household and then condemn them and curse them at the same time. They want also, historically and currently, they want us to believe that you can love the Prophet and his household, and at the same time you can kill them, or you can try to kill them. What is this? When are some Muslims going to break out of their cocoon of ignorance and see that 
this is not possible. You can't combine contradictions and say that everything, what you are doing is right. The same thing is happening today. If we leave for, the, for a moment the issue of our history 1400 years ago or 1200 years ago, etc. Leave that aside for a moment. Today they're doing the same thing. These same Arabian rulers are doing the same thing. They say that they love the Palestinians. That they are pro-Palestinian. What do they do at the same time? They are accomplices to the killing and the slaughter and the massacre of Palestinians. How far are we going to go in all of this hypocritical attitude that is displayed through their positions of power in our world today? وَقَدْ مَكَرُوا مَكْرَهُمْ وَعِنْدَ اللَّهِ مَكْرُهُمْ They conspire. They conspired historically, they still conspire today. And don't, don't be absent-minded of the fact that Allah is cognizant. Allah is aware of these types of conspiracies that are embedded in our history and that are functioning in our society today. وَإِنْ كَانَ مَكْرُهُمْ لِتَزُولَ مِنْهُ الْجِبَالِ Even if their conspiracy has the potential of moving or diminishing mountains. And what is, what is the solution to all of this? اِتَّبِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ It doesn't take more than that. You follow what Allah has made accessible to you in His book, through His Prophet, the guidance, the enlightenment, and the steps forward that are outlined for us without any questions or ambiguity. ادعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله غافر الذنب وقابل التوب شديد العقاب وإليه المصير الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed Muslims Tomorrow is the first day of Ramadan for those who have managed to understand that the world has become a village. If it is sighted or sightable in one part of the world before the beginning of the day in the other part of the world, that sighting is binding on the rest of the Muslims in that particular geography. When are we going to listen to Allah when He says, لِتَعْلَمُوا عَدَدَ السِّنِينَ وَالْحِسَابِ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ يُفَصِّلُ الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ Allah has created 
the sun and the moon and he placed them with a calculation into their orbits their positions their locations their stations Allah has created that in accordance with the Haqq for this there's manifestation of Allah's power and authority for those who have knowledge are we going to still play the game of ignorance and make believe that we cannot calculate certain distances and certain orbits we're still living some of us are still living thousands of years ago and refuse to acknowledge that human knowledge has advanced to a degree in which we now know where the hilal is sightable on planet earth but still as is the case every year we're going to have the beginning of the month of ramadan on two different days we're going to have the ending of ramadan on two different days sometimes it's three and in some unusual cases it is four different days which is a reflection of our insistence on our common ignorance that being said going into the month of Ramadan we're not gonna begin the month of Ramadan like sheeple like herds of animals you go into a masjid you go to an islamic presentation you go to a dhikr session you go to a halaqa or these places and you're supposed to be of limited mental capacity that's not who we are we should go into ramadan realizing what is happening in this world this past week the president of the united states went to saudi arabia he went to forge a mushrik muslim alliance he had three summits in that kingdom from jahannam a summit with the rulers the usurpers of that territory of that peninsula then he had a following summit with the heads of state from the gulf cooperation council the gcc and then he had a summit with those dignitaries and officials who came from muslim countries far and near and what is all of this about why is this taking place it's about a country that has decided to go the islamic way all of this don't believe the surface information that they throw at you in the mass media all of this the final objective of it is to reverse the islamic course in islamic iran that's what all of this is about our first islamic observation if we have eyes that we can see with and brains we can think with our first observation is is this behavior by the saudi rulers is it compatible with the quran and the sunnah to give you an answer you can understand very well those who ruled made decisions at the beginning of our history 
Did they enter into a mushrik? Was there such a thing as a mushrik Muslim alliance? In the time of Abi Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali, was there a mushrik Muslim alliance? Never was. So they're, they're doing something new. What do they call doing something like that? They call it a bid'ah and a dalala and kufr. That's their choice of words. Well, we can see them performing the ultimate bid'ah, the maximalist dalala, and the foremost kufr. That's what you have. And then they want to hide behind some Islamic imagery. Their, their ritualistic cosmetics right now, we can see through them. That's provided we have thinking minds. And then we ask another observation here. If we were operational in the context of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. President Trump went to Arabia. He went to Israel. He went to the Vatican, among other places. When he went to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, he wore the kippah. He put that Yahudi hat on his head. When he went with his daughter and wife to the Vatican, they put something, even though it was a token something, but they put something over their heads. They didn't do that when they went to Arabia. Policies were in the past that when female heads of state came to visit the officials in Arabia, they would cover themselves. Margaret Thatcher, remember her, the Iron Lady, Angela Merkel, when they went there, they covered. Why is it this time this person takes his daughter and his wife and there's no covering taking place? Not that there's anything that's going to come out of it, but just this symbolic gesture is absent. At a time when more than half the people in the United States want to get rid of the occupant in the White House, they want to unseat him. These rulers in Arabia who claim that they represent Islam want to crown him. See the difference between people who think, even though they have no Islam, but they have a working mind, and people who have Islamic rituals and a dead mind. That's the difference. Right here in front of you to see. Israel didn't pay the United States half a trillion dollars, $500 billion in contracts and investments like the Saudis did before and during this visit. Israelis didn't pay anything. To the contrary, they took, they received more as financial assistance from the United States. They took money from the United States. They didn't give it money. What did the Vatican give as far as money and finances are concerned? These things are happening in front of our own eyes. There's a Saudi citizen who built a masjid for Ivanka Trump saying that he wanted the rewards of building that masjid to re redeem her on the day of judgment. This comes from a kingdom in which the scholars say it is haram to say assalamu alaikum to a non-Muslim. It is haram 
on the holidays of non-Muslims to exchange pleasantries with Christians or Jews or others. And this is, they're building a masjid for this type of family. We said and we repeat, this political pilgrimage by the President of the United States to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has Islamic Iran as a target. Before they reach that target, there are people in the way. They want to get rid of organizations and personalities and parties that are in their way, political parties that are in their way. And it appears the first stumbling block to this Saudi Yahudi imperialist common purpose the first stumbling block has become that tiny state of Qatar right now there's a war of words and nerves between on one side the Saudis the Emiratis the Bahrainis and the Egyptians I'm talking about the officials the governments those are on one side and then the Qatari government is on the other side. It all began in this past week when the Qatari foreign minister made, expressed a remark that said something to the effect that Iran is a regional power and there should not be tensions generated with it. Something to that effect. And then the media went into a frenzy in Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Egypt. There were elections in Iran last week, last Friday. And there was a re-election. The previous administration was re-elected. And it seems like some of the decision makers there sensed the tension in the Arabian Peninsula. And so they gave 39 visas to Qatari uh, media personnel, public relations, Al Jazeera, etc., etc., to come and cover the elections. One of them is a well known veteran broadcaster in Al Jazeera. There are remarks being made that the U.S. is thinking about relocating its military base, Al-Aidid, from Qatar to one of the other Arabian Peninsula or Gulf states. Maybe the Emirat, maybe Saudi Arabia, maybe somewhere, somewhere else. But definitely there is tension here because the official who represented Qatar the head of state who went to the summit in Riyadh last week to be with Trump, he was cold-shouldered by all the officials in the Arabian Peninsula. Is this, and we're approaching the month of Ramadan, and they speak about Islamic brotherhood and togetherness. Saudi Arabia during the time of King Faisal was known for its catchphrase, Islamic solidarity, At-Tadamun al-Islami. Where is all of that now? If they take these news items away from your attention, they'll try to get away with the tricks and the gimmicks that they've thought through 
in their think tanks and in their other decision-making behind-the-scenes apparatus. It's been observed recently that the Qatari nation-state has dropped certain buzzwords from its media. It used to refer to the Syrian army as the army of the regime. Now it calls it with its full proper name, the Syrian Arab Army. There was a, just days before this summit in the Arabian Peninsula, there was a snap visit by the foreign minister of Qatar to Baghdad in which he met with the leader of the Quds forces. What were they discussing? Turkey was virtually excluded from that summit. So now you have two players here. I'm sorry to use political language. We have two players here who feel that they now have to be eliminated to get the final objective, which is Islamic Iran. Qatar, because it has banked its policies on the major Islamic movement in Arab countries, Al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin, they got to get rid of that, because Al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin are, in one sense or the other, adjuncts to the Islamic future in Iran. And the other one is Turkey, because Turkey also took the same side. It gambled, so to speak, I'm sorry to use political language, and that's what they did. They gambled on what was called the Arab Spring, but now they feel excluded. What's going to happen with this chemistry, We may we ask right now? Yesterday, Sayyid Hassan Nasrullah gave a speech in Lebanon. For the first time, the Qatari media covered that speech. They commented on that speech in a favorable way. That same media in the past five years or six years, beginning with the Arab Spring, used to refer to Hezbollah as Hezbollah. The Hizb of one of the idols of the Arabian Jahiliyyah, Hizb Al-Lat. They used to call it Hizb Al-Shaytan. Now they're doing a political somersault. No longer are they using those same words. They feel what is coming. They feel it because they're the immediate targets. Our question is, are those people who went to elections last week in the Islamic Republic, do they feel what is coming? That is the vital question. Should we remind ourselves of the Arabian friction and tension? Saudi Arabia has it, had its bouts, military, political, diplomatic bouts, in 1992, in 1995, in 1996, with these same Saudi rulers. As a matter of fact, in 1996, when the Saudi rulers tried to bring back the deposed father of the Qatari ruler at the time who was staying at the Intercontinental Hotel in Abu Dhabi, the persons who were instigating that comeback against the current rulers in Qatar, it's just the same family, was Salman, who was just a prince at the time, and Sultan, who was the defense minister at that time. These differences are very deep and these differences are very significant. How they are going to play out, we don't know. Just three years ago, because of a bout of diplomatic and political polarization, the, some of these Arabian countries in the Gulf and the peninsula, they withdrew their ambassadors from Qatar. Kuwait, that doesn't want to see any war in the area and played 
something like a go-between seems like it got sick and tired of playing a go-between among these Arabian officials and they also have their dispute with their uncle Saud in Riyadh there are two petroleum wells one of them is called Al Khafji and the other one is called Al Wafra and both of them are claimed by Saudi Arabia and Kuwait this type of information why doesn't it circulate we're gonna wait you want us to wait another month or another year to see a war among between the nation states that we're just talking about right now Saudi Arabia Qatar Al Emirat Al Bahrain Al Kuwait Al Bahrain this because of the Trump visit took the major Shia marja into what amounts to house arrest after passing some type of court order that he should be imprisoned for one or three years with bail or without bail uh, whatever the details are in there but all of this comes in the aftermath of this muslim mushrik alliance have you heard of any such thing before well now we have it and we have it because we are not involved there are khutbas that are given in this area all around the place but who puts the muslim mind where it belongs the question right now is qatar is an immediate target what is to follow after Qatar is definitely going to be Turkey. The way things look right now. This Yahudi, Saudi, American alliance. And we can, you can tell from just zeroing in on the choice of words that is used against Islamic extremism, Islamic fundamentalism, Islamic terrorism, Islamic this and the other. And then they have these bombings go off. Sometimes in Britain, sometimes in France, sometimes in Germany, sometimes somewhere else, all of this to keep the fire stoked. These are their agents and if you read, and there's plenty of news to read out there, you'd see the same British government sponsored the same terrorists that are doing what they are doing today on a lighter note and there's much more to be said but unfortunately we're running out of time but on a lighter note to give us the feeling of how inferior many Muslims have become a recent development there's a fad right now in Africa I know there's racism out here and people want to speak about Muslim affairs they get they get drawn into this racist or this caste issue they have nothing to do with that you listen to the facts and shed your racism or your nationalism there's a fad out there right now Indian women women in the Indian subcontinent when they go for rituals in their temples they cut their hair so that their plead or their dua their supplication is accepted or is responded to now there are merchants out there so they can make money out of this there's a lot of hair being cut in these temples they take this hair and they sell it they make money out of it the major countries this hair goes to and there's plenty of it two countries china and Brazil what do they do there they make wigs out of that and then they export those wigs to some African countries in which women want to replace their hair the way Allah created them they, they have no feeling of dignity for the way Allah created them they want to replace that with that smooth black shining hair to be more appealing 
And that's a light note of some of the details of what's happening to we the Muslims as we begin our month of Ramadan tomorrow. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'a wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ajtinaabah wa la taj'alhu multabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama Allahumma ilayka nashku dha'fa quwwatina wa qillata hilatina wa hawana ala al-nas ya arhamar rahimin أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أم إلى عدو ملكته أمرنا إن لم يكن بك علينا غضب فلا نبالي ولكن عافيتك هي أوسع لنا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا صختك لك العتبى حتى ترضى ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت